UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Blue Dog Man, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Ad legit. Thank, thank you. That's so cool. I think we're live. Um, let me see here now. I can get my intro. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. Um, we, we teamed up because we, you've probably both seen us interview Elena Danan. You've probably both seen us interview Danny Henderson and Beth Noyes. And a lot of we have a lot of the same subscribers, but we, we, we wanted to come together and do a video because I think it's important. And the two Roberts, Robert Khalil, me and Robert Earl White. And Robert has a fascinating story. Um, I've heard it before, but I want you guys to hear it tonight. Um, a little bit more about my guest. Robert Earl White is a disclosure advocate who at the age of of four had a ufo crash behind his house his mother was an abductee who was also in contact with extraterrestrials after robert's family was threatened by the men in black and air force he vowed to get to the bottom of the phenomenon 30 years later he did just that robert made multiple documentaries going over the evidence and witnesses of the lower alloways creek incident robert has always in this series robert also has in his series on youtube called we are the disclosure about helping those who have had experiences out of our realm of reality and hopes to helping others going through what his mother went through. And I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Robert, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. The tale of two Roberts, the journey through the extraterrestrial disclosure movement. Both you and I have been on this avenue. For me, a little bit about my background to let all of your subscribers and friends know a little bit more about me. Uh, I grew up in southern New Jersey, all right, not far from Delaware, in the middle of nowhere. I went to Bible college. I became a pastor. After that, I graduated. I started a heavy metal Christian band, toured all around, did a lot of shows in Pittsburgh. My record label was in Lancaster, CI Records, bands like August Burns Red. Once Nothing was from Pittsburgh. I played shows I was good friends with Once Nothing, a big Pittsburgh band. Pittsburgh on the Xburg, y'all. Mount Washington up in the house, bro. I know what it is. I've been out there. I've been the Pirates games. I know what the deal is. But, so you're uh, an yeah. East Coaster. You're an East Coaster, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm East Coast all the way. 
So, yeah, I went to Baba College. I did a metal band. After that, I actually ended up going to the Middle East where I was an English teacher for two years. I lived in Turkey. I studied ancient Sufism, a form of Islam. I've been up into the mosque. I've done the prayers, etc. I've been to ancient sites, Gobekli Tempe, over 12,000 years old in southern Turkey, and many other ancient sites in Hittite. My city was a Hittite capital. And the Hittite Empire and civilization, which was the only civilization that had a treaty with the Egyptians. They actually have that on a stone carving, and it's on uh, display in New York City. Uh, they were one of the few empires that have a treaty with uh, the Egyptian Empire because they were that awesome. Uh, with that being said... Uh, when I was young, I had a, quite an incredible experience that happened to my family when a UFO crashed behind our house. And unfortunately, it took me 30 years to finally find evidence of this because it was covered up by the Air Force, the Men in Black, and the Coast Guard, which you never hear about the Coast Guard when it comes to UFO phenomena. Uh, the Coast Guard were definitely involved with this. But uh, I guess I can, I'm going to keep it really brief because such a long story and to go over every little detail, it's three hours long, but two and a half years ago, I finally found the evidence of my family's case. I made a documentary providing the three pages out of the six pages I had of information. And at that moment in time, Elena, she wasn't into like the extraterrestrial thing, but she reached out to me and she said, your mother's story is just like mine. And it turns out that, you know, my mother was the same age as Elena, ironically. And they definitely both went through the same things, same source of beings at the same time. That's what led her to reach out. And she was in the process of writing a gift from the stars and she dedicated that to my mother, Beth Ann White, and uh, forever I'm grateful for that because I lost my mother two months before I found the evidence. After 30 years of ridicule, rejection, laughter from close family and friends throughout the years who we uh, felt comfortable enough to share this experience with, um, it was unbearable, and when this UFO crash happened, I was only three and a half years old, just about four years old, and to find out something is real, and you're watching movies on TV and stuff, and they're depicting these beings in a certain way, it can be really, really confusing for a young child, and it's something I really struggled with my whole life. It was uh, a lot to deal with, and then once I became to a certain point of understanding, I, I knew how to filter out the positives and negatives of this preconditioning that is coming out. I've noticed to separate the truth from the lies, and that only comes from making a lot of mistakes and falling for a lot of their tricks, but hey, it, it is what it is. But yeah, so let me briefly go over the Lower Alloways Creek incident, the UFO crash case, actual UFO crash, actual alien abduction, etc. April 21st, 1991, in southern New Jersey, in a small town called Lower Alloways Creek, pretty much the Alabama of South Jersey, out in the middle of nowhere. It's not far from the Salem County nuclear plant, the creek that ran off of the nuclear plant, which, Robert, you know. The nuclear connection and the extraterrestrial connection, big, big deal right there. 
So this creek went directly behind our house, directly next door. We didn't have a lot of neighbors, but directly next door was my aunt's house. And behind our houses, we had a line of trees. And beyond those trees, uh, there was the creek, Lower Alloways Creek. And there was a single one-lane bridge, old wood bridge, one of the oldest one-lane wood bridges in New Jersey. It was 10.18 at night, 10.18 p.m., My aunt was getting ready for bed, and she went to her bathroom, which was on her second story. And she looked out her back window, and she noticed this elongated, elongated, not a perfect TR3B triangle. No, 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 no. This is more like a spade, very elongated, about the size of a very large helicopter, to give an exact size. It was hovering about a telephone pole or two above the tree line. To give you a height reference, it was completely silent. It had three blue lights, two on the back and one on the tip. That's what allowed us to see that this was some sort of elongated triangular object. Obtained uh, the reports I've obtained, the cloud coverage that night was 1,200 foot and it was raining. So this craft, without a doubt, scientifically was under 1,200 feet. All right, scientifically, because it was raining in the cloud coverage and it was completely silent. And in the center of it, there was a crazy white light that was really blinding because how low it was with the rain and the moisture out, the light was reflecting in a way that was truly quite remarkable. My aunt was watching this as she was about to sit on her toilet and she said, I have to call my mother next door, Beth Ann. And I have to see if she sees this too. She walks back into her bedroom. She picks up her phone. She calls my mother next door. At the time, my mother was watching a Phillies baseball game with two of her girlfriends. I was upstairs sleeping in my bed, which was directly up against the wall. And if I stood up on my bed, I could see out the window facing towards the back of the house, the direction of this. My mother hears the phone ringing in the kitchen in the back of the house. She gets up, she walks calmly, she didn't expect anything, just, hey, someone's calling. She goes to the back of the kitchen, picks up the old 1991. For all you youngins out there, Robert knows. All right, and also, I just want to say the Men in Black didn't exist in 1991. There wasn't a lot of stuff about this in 1991, especially in the area I came from. If it wasn't Jesus, you shouldn't be talking about it, all right? So just keep that in mind. And it was, uh, it, was, it was nobody, nobody talked about this kind of stuff. It was so taboo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we were country bumpkins. We weren't city folks with university degrees studying astrophysics. We were country bumpkin people. And so my mother goes to the phone. She picks up the phone. And it's my aunt. She says, Beth Ann, look out the back window. There's something hovering there above the tree line. My aunt, she goes, uh, sorry, my mother, she goes to the back window. She looks and she's on the phone with my aunt and she goes, oh my God, what is that? At that point, her two girlfriends heard the commotion and my mother was only 22 years old. 22 years old, single mother with her younger girlfriends hanging out with them, etc. They come running over and as they were running, they were running very loud and they were screaming, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Because they saw my mom's reaction. At this point, I woke up, heard the commotion, heard all the footsteps sprinting 
towards the front and I was upstairs in my bedroom. At that point, I stood on top of my bed and I witnessed this as well. But I want I was only three and a half years old, four and a half years old. And unfortunately, people don't like to listen to someone that was young. So I like to tell it from the adult's perspective and the notes and the evidence I found and their statements and testimonies. That's what I like to base this off of, because at the end of the day, people that don't want to believe this, uh, whether they like it or not, they will dismiss me just because I was extremely young. What they don't know is all the nightmares I had from this experience. But so I'm watching this. My mother and her two girlfriends are also watching this. And uh, the whole experience happened only five or six minutes. I know it's not what everyone wants to hear. Uh, it only lasted five to six minutes. This is where stuff got like real, like for real, 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 like terrifying. So not only was this craft with three blue lights, elongated triangle with a white light in the center of it, hovering above the tree line, completely silent, not moving a smidge. I don't know about anyone watching this, but if you know anything about physics, something that large shouldn't just be able to sit there without any sort of propulsion system. Leave it at that. With yeah. that being said, we're watching this thing. And what happened next happened to all Robert Myers. Hey, and everyone else join in. Welcome, welcome. I just wanted to give a shout out to so many of uh, the gang in here. Much love to you all. So as we're watching this, all simultaneously, all at the same time, red and orange sparks started shooting out of it. And this white beam of light or ball of light came straight down and struck this craft. Holy At that point in time, the outskirts of it exploded like a normal aircraft explosion. Like what you would imagine, 150 yards to about 350 yards trajectory to the point where we, we all flinched because we thought debris was going to come through the window. None of it hit the house, but from the angle and how low it was, it we really thought pieces were going to hit our house. It scared us. It was so, uh, most people don't realize a helicopter or a plane how large it actually is until you're that close to one. It's a lot bigger than what you could ever imagine seeing it on a runway or anything like that. When you're that close to it, it's really, really extreme. And so. The outskirts of it exploded like you would imagine. Now, the center of it, that bright light in the center of it, it sucked itself into itself. Wow. Insane. Insane. And when that happened, whatever around that, whatever the core of it, shot directly down towards the ground. And all of this happened literally simultaneously. The light beam of light was literally like simultaneously with the red and orange sparks that started shooting out of it. And then it exploded. The outskirts exploded like a normal explosion. And whatever that light was in the center of it, it's the technologies they use. I won't get into that, but it's a fail safe. It sucked itself into itself and went directly down. Wow. We, we panicked. My mother instantly hung up the phone. She called 911 and quote unquote, she knew better. And she says this in the police statement and the MUFON articles. She knew better than to say it was a UFO because if she would have said that, no one would have responded. As far as she was concerned, 
some sort of actual physical aircraft just freaking exploded behind our house. And regardless of what it is, something or someone is dead. And we're country folk. This don't we've never seen anything like it. It was the first time I ever saw an aircraft that close. It, you know, and she hung up, she called 911, she reported it. Some sort of aircraft just exploded behind our house, gave the address, said please send help. That was it. What happened after that has been known as the Lower Alouettes Creek incident. And boy, uh, did a lot of stuff occur over the next two days. Can I just say, this is so historical, man. Like, I love the fact that you're sharing this because you hear about all these abductions. You hear about the Allagash abduction and there's like- Same year, 91. You know, like, yeah. And and Daryl came on my show and he said there was the mass abduction of 92. What do you think was going on in those years? Before we go on with your story, do you think there was some kind of- Major abduction Absolutely. operation going um, on? Bud Hopkins, Richard uh, Butler, uh, John Mack, all these guys, they were involved with my case. And during that same time, you had the Linda Cortell case in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, the same guys that were working on that, that was 91, where she was levitated out of her apartment. And there was an ambassador to the UN that was in a limousine, and they saw her levitating out of her apartment in Brooklyn. The uh, Allagash, all the stuff going on in Mississippi. Um, There was a lot of different things. Also, from 1989 to 1993, uh, the TR-3B, the mantra projects, were going on. And the U.S. government, they successfully started to reverse engineer triangular craft technology. And they started working with the quantum physics of the triangle in order to make their stealth craft. That's why stealth crafts are in the shape of the triangle. It's the quantum physics. There's a matrixing codes that make infinite space. Think infinite numbers. Within the matrix quantum physics of a triangle, there's infinite space. I, I've posted the codes of what Lockheed is using for their designs. It's a matrixing triangle, and that's what makes the craft stealth. Not the technology in it, the geometry of it. That's why they are stealth. It's quantum physics of triangles. Now, these triangular TR-3Bs that the government was making and going around and abducting citizens and doing my lab experiments and et cetera, all that good stuff, they were doing that. That technology is based off of other extraterrestrials known as the tall whites, Killy Tocourt, that our government works with. Where do you think they got the ideas from this to begin with? So there was a mixture and since... They had the Killy Toe Court that, for example, was abducting my mother, and that was the craft that was behind us, and I'll get to all that and explain to you how, but this is really what was going on. They used that as a cover so they could go around threatening people, terrifying people to keep them hush-hush, and they could just, when people would say anything, just blame it on the extraterrestrials, although both parties were involved in doing these hybrid and scientific programs no, no wait, doubt about were, it were the grays in on this too obviously the grays worked for maybe the tall whites and the tall whites worked with the government is that kind of like the chain of the uh, communication here is when, when, when you say grays there's thousands of species of grays on top of those thousand species there are hybrid created grays 
There are hybrids that aren't quite fully gray and might have another species. But to my family's case, let me continue of what happened and keep it rocking from there. And trust me, those beings will get brought up and I will name who they are. I will also name what my mom called them. All this information wasn't out. So my mom had her own names for these beings. Okay. So it's 1991. Uh, So my mother made that phone call after this UFO crash. She hung up the phone. Ten minutes later, the Lower Alloways Creek police came. They took an initial statement. Very brief. Five minutes max. Where, what, and when. They went to my aunt's house. Same thing. And then they left. I don't know what they did. I don't I don't have a track record. I do have the police statements and what the police said about this situation, but I don't know what they did after that point of leaving our house. It was raining at this point. It was just about 10:30 p.m. at night and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So, 25 minutes later, I want to make this point. We lived in southern New Jersey. Dover Air Force Base was the closest Air Force Base, which was on the other side of the river. But you had to go up north over Delaware Bridge, come back south, and it was about a 50-minute drive. All right. The closest town to us where we had family in New Jersey took us about 20, 25 minutes to get to. 25 minutes after my mother made this call, two black cars pull into our driveway. Nothing strange. Nothing strange about it. We just saw aircraft explode, right? Well, what? Of course, government officials are going to. That craft had to belong to someone. And out of the one car was a gentleman dressed in Air Force attire coming from Dover Air Force Base in Delaware because the Air Force Base in Delaware, Dover, patrols the nuclear plant along with the Gloucester County Coast Guard because the plant's on the water. Both of these groups control that area. And this was very close to a nuclear plant. So to have an aircraft exploding that close to a nuclear plant, you can see how this is a matter of that false sense of national security that we all suffer for, right? Uh, So uh, these two black cars, out of the other black car, two gentlemen wearing black suits and black hats, no sunglasses. It was nighttime. It was raining. Uh, They look like government officials. We didn't think the men in black didn't exist in 1991. I want to make that clear. The movie wasn't around. People were unfamiliar. We thought it was a gentleman from the Air Force, and we thought it was two government officials. That's until they came in and did what they did. But we welcomed them in our house. They came inside. We went into the living room. My mother and her two girlfriends sat on the same couch. They were watching the baseball game, and we had a coffee table. Directly in front of the coffee table, the men in black stood there. And off to the side, the gentleman in the Air Force stood there, silent, not really saying much. And obviously, they thought they were going to hear questions. What did you see? What happened? I want to make this point. At no point throughout this experience with the two men in black and the Air Force gentleman, At any point, did they ask my mother or her friends, what did they see and what happened? Not once. The men in black were standing there. They pulled out a notepad and a pencil. And I have to say, the way they were holding the pencil is as if uh, something that has never used one before. We're all taught in school how to use pencils. They're just holding it really 
like fisted. Just weird, weird, weird little things. They looked human. They looked human, but they they were weird. And they pull out this notepad and this pencil, and they sit it on the coffee table. They look at my mother and her three girlfriends, and they said, "Can you draw three different types of extraterrestrials?" That was the first thing that come out of their mouth. I'm sure all, you and all of your listeners probably can piece together that they already knew what happened. They already had it on their radar for them to get there. Unless, I, I mean, I saw two cars pull in. I don't think they teleported. I believe they drove there. I may be wrong, but I saw two cars pull in. I don't know how they got there in 25 minutes. It doesn't make sense. Not where we were located, especially the guy coming from Dover Air Force Base. It's impossible. My guess is they already had this thing on the radar. There's no telling how long my aunt saw that craft hovering there. She just recognized it. It was already there. It could have been there for 20, 30 minutes. You know, we don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know how it went out and how it exploded and the five to six minutes that we had our eyes on it. So the men in black, after they say, can you draw three different kinds of extraterrestrials? Being country bunking people, very religious, very big Jesus folks. The other two girls started laughing. They started cracking up and like, are you effing serious? Is this a joke? Like, what are you talking about? There's no such thing as aliens. At this point, it was getting later. It was just about 1040 at night. And they were all out the night before actually partying, all hanging out, having a good time up till four o'clock in the morning. I have this written down in the mutual UFO network notes and stuff. I have the whole entire story. So the, um, they got up, they got their purses, the men in black and Air Force person said, you're good to go. Those two girls didn't expect anything. Therefore, they weren't a liability. They don't even believe in these things. Just so happens, my mom started drawing as her two friends left. She drew three different kinds of beings. And wow. I want to leave it there. I want to leave it there. And a lot of the people watching this are probably wondering, well, what was going on at the crash site? What was going on at the crash site? And through my research and uncovering after I made the first part of my documentary, I had other witnesses come forward. Uh, my cousin, Calvin Hill, was the fire chief at the time for the Lower Alloways Creek Fire Squad. And the local firehouse, we didn't have any bars. We didn't have any restaurants, no mini marts. We had no business whatsoever. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So all the young people at the time would all hang out at the firehouse. It was the common hot spot of chilling, relaxing. Plus, the fire guys were always on call, always around. The firefighters arrived at the scene 40 minutes after. And I learned this through the firefighters. And also, there was two young women that were there the night of the crash. And I'll get back to that. But as Calvin Hill and two other members of the fire squad they arrived at the scene 40 minutes after my mother made the initial 911 call. As they were approaching this road, and like I said, there was that bridge up ahead with the one lane. And to the left, there was a lot of marsh land, a lot of foxtails, mud, and all this. As they were approaching, they noticed that the marsh and the mud and the foxtails, they said they saw a lot of gouges. Crazier than that. They saw, they saw no signs of fire. No fire signs. Really weird, dude. Really weird. Anywho, 
They keep approaching, and up ahead in the creek, they see a Coast Guard cutter boat sitting in the creek. And once they got closer, they saw massive black tarps laid out over the marsh and the foxtails in the area. And then right in front of their fire truck, as they were coming up to that bridge, there was a gentleman in the Coast Guard who was armed. He flagged them down, and they stopped, and he said, what's going on here? And the Coast Guard gentleman told them that the situation is under control, and he ordered them to turn back around. That's exactly what they did. They went back to the fire hall. They told the two girls that were there something uh, pretty strange just happened. They just told the two girls the same thing I just told you, barbatim, word for word. I have all the transcripts. And the one girl, she gets in her car, you know, nib shitters, country folk. We're all up in everyone's business. It's out, you know, small town, bad gas travels fast, right? Oh, boy, man. (laughs) And uh, boy, does it, especially these nosy country farm girls. She gets in her car. And to keep in mind, by the time she gets there, it's about like 55 minutes to an hour afterwards. So imagine around 11 o'clock. When she pulled there, they had the road blocked off. They had these barriers and they had the road shut down, but she could get up to a certain point and still see the straight shot down. Also, I want to mention to this day, the bridge and the road is still closed to this day. Absolute facts. This road and bridge closed the night of this UFO crash. When she pulled up, she saw a local tree cutting service and they were back there removing trees. Facts. Wow. She, she sees the lights. She saw it was a local tree cutting service. That was at that was that. That was that. She didn't see nothing else. Just the lights, commotions. It was raining. She saw the tree cutting service. They were removing a couple trees in that area. She goes back. She tells the firefighters and she tells the other girl that was there. The other girl gets curious. So she heads back there, which puts this around 1130. And when she arrives there, she notices a black flatbed truck, plain flatbed, not military truck, nothing like that. And on the back of the flatbed truck, there was black tarps, obviously some sort of debris. What it looked like, I can't tell you. All she saw was a flatbed truck with black tarps on the back of it. It wasn't military. It was a plain black flatbed truck. It is what it is. I wish I could, you know, make this all Hollywood and fantastic for everyone. But real evidence and facts, it is what it is. I'm sorry it's not more magical and more like Steven Spielberg. But it is what it is. And it is. So she goes back. And they're all exchanging their information, and they just surpassed it as something very strange until they saw my documentary and all the evidence I provided. Now, going back to my house, as I said, it was raining the night of the incident, you know, and uh, we didn't leave our house throughout the whole incident. And the men in black and the gentleman in the Air Force, after my mother drew three different kinds of extraterrestrial. She drew one she called the blues, one that was a Nordic, and one that was a gray. And it was it was chicken scratch. It wasn't like Elena Danan's drawings. Uh, imagine, like, almost stick figures. My mom wasn't the most artistic. She was a good painter and a good writer, but she didn't have the best uh, penmanship. She was born a left hand and was forced to use right. 
So when it came to drawing stuff, it wasn't the best. It was very basic. After that point, they took my mother into my playroom upstairs that was a little bit more cut off. And believe this or not, the gentleman in the Air Force did a brief regression hypnosis therapy on my mother. Uh, the Air Force and military, they have regression therapists for soldiers that are in combat situations that they have something happen to them. And from the post-traumatic stress, they block it out. But the military absolutely needs to know what happened. It's the sake of national security. Bro, they will I, use. I'm going to tell you, when I interviewed Terry Lovelace, he talks about his story incident at Devil's Den. He said that they, they give him they gave him sodium panathol or something like that it's like a it was to induce like um like a hypnotic state and uh they did that to try to get his story out of him have you heard of this there's, uh there's an underground base there i went to bible college in gettysburg i used to do my homework on the rocks and see ghosts around me all that i lived three places down from there i'm very familiar and just south of gettysburg there is an underground my lab base 110%. You probably never heard people talk about this, but they hear that story and coming from there, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, but so but is that what their ways of regressing people are? They use like some kind of drugs to like try with, to... With my mother, they did not do that. They uh, had her sit down in a chair and they said, we just want you to relax and we're just going to ask you a couple questions and just, you know, whatever comes to you, comes to you. Uh, just try to relax yourself. And at this point, my mother wasn't afraid. I mean, like I said, we didn't know what the men in black were. We just thought this was the government. We we didn't know what was going on. We're naive, dumb country folk, you know. And they sat down and my mother got relaxed. And after it was something about my mother drawing those three beings, she's never been asked that question by any human being. And it was almost like, it's just kind of hitting me now. It's almost like they triggered her on purpose. They already knew. They already knew. They they had to. Why was this craft behind my house? Why was it stalking us? Why was it stalking me and my mother? They knew. They had to know because that's what these things are doing. But they just relaxed my mother. They had a very brief regression, maybe five to six minutes long. Not brief. Unfortunately, in that brief regression, the night before, I have articles of my mom's dreams, her screened memories. And through the regression, the walking mongooses within unison and the hamster cages with red and orange twist ties going around them and the large snakes she was seeing, and etc. Uh, through the regressions, we found out what all of those things were. Draconians, tall whites, gray extraterrestrials, wow. embryo tubes with red and orange bread ties. Have you ever seen what DNA looks like? Yeah. yeah. Or, the... uh, red and orange represents the T strand and the C strand. And my mother was in the hybrid program. And unfortunately, right in front of these two men in black, right in front of the Air Force, she spilled too much. I wish she wouldn't have said anything uh, retrospect. Unfortunately, I wouldn't have the information I have now, but I really wish she didn't say it because she gave these awful people the ammunition to threaten her later. And she wasn't even aware that that's what they were going to do. They seemed like they were trying to help. And, oh, there's always a catch. 
Uh, everything might seem all right, but before they go, they make their point of why they were getting this information. But unfortunately, my mom, in that moment, it came out of her being taken out of her room through a white beam of light and going on to this craft, being on a metal table, seeing her hybrid children, seeing these tall whites, which were really tall gray extraterrestrials with very light white skin and ones that she called the Zetas for some reason. She knew the Zetas were Zetas and that that was it. And she would see her hybrid children and etc. That was essentially the first regression. It was very brief and some of the operations and stuff they had going on. But um, the regression was done. They go back downstairs. The men in black asked my mother, do you have any questions? My mother said, yeah, <laughs> even though we were country bumpkins, we're just finding out extraterrestrials are real. They're taking me. And we just had a UFO crash behind our freaking house. Yeah, regardless of how country bumpkin we are, and uh, you don't need a university degree to ask some basic questions. Also, keep in mind, my mother was a 22-year-old single mother at this time. I was three and a half, almost four years old. And my mother asked three questions that any loving mother, any mother trying to protect her children. Also, my elderly grandfather was there at the time, and she took care of him as well. So my mom asked three simple questions to the men in black. First question, are these things dangerous? Men in black replied, if these things were dangerous, do you think we would still be here? What, what do you say to that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, Second really. question. I mean, what? It, it's an awful but great answer. Now, just to say that we're still here don't mean they're leeching off of us and using us. And th this is how they work around their answers and all that. But, yeah, so we just moved on. The second question my mother asked the men in black is, why don't people know about these things? And, Robert, you'll find this interesting. The men in black said, we're doing everything that we can by preconditioning. This is 1991. Within the next 10 years, 2001, 1991 to 2001. We all know what happened then. Not important. But uh, within the next 10 years, you will see signs of extraterrestrials and UFOs and newspapers, radio shows, and all sorts of media outlets, movies, and TV shows. And my mom said, wow. One year after that, the show X-Files came out. And guess who was watching it laughing and shirt. laughing? Oh, that the shirt priest. is so dope, man! I love that shirt. I want that. I gotta get. I gotta get one of those. I gotta. Get I'll one have of those. to send you the link to the website. It's a great website. But yeah, we were watching that, and my family, my mom, made me watch that. Whether even though I was so, I was only about five years old, and I was forced to watch that. And my mom, she filled me in like everything you're seeing. It's not. It's. Not as crazy as you think. She kept me level. She had to because after this crash, I know I'm skipping ahead. I'll get back to the men in black questions. After this crash, I had a lot of nightmares. And I, my grandfather was a Vietnam vet. We loved the movie Predator, uh, Aliens, all these movies. I had the toys that came with the comic books. And I was reading the comic books. And after realizing aliens are real... I was reading these comic books of these awful beings that are trying to eat us and destroy us. I was having really bad nightmares from the crash, and they had to take all my comic books away and stuff. 
because um, before it never affected me because I thought it was make-believe. But once I found out it was real, at that age, I didn't have the discernment to separate uh, fact from, you know, fiction, you know, the true and false. I couldn't do it. I was too young and I was so open-minded. But going back to the men in black, they were exactly right. We all know what happened in 2001. Uh, my family always thought that's when disclosure would happen. And then eventually, Will Smith, the Men in Black movie came out 96, 97, something like that. Men in Black movie came out. And once again, my mother and I were sitting there like, oh, they told us they would be doing this. This is this is wild. So like we, we always just made fun of it. And we did a lot of cursing because we were upset because although I'm making light of it, it came with a life of suffering. And these moments were just the small moments where my mother and I, ah, we were right. And we didn't have anyone to share this with. The internet didn't exist, you know? It was just me and her. That was it. We we knew what happened. So the third question my mother asked after realizing her experience and all of that and realizing, holy crap, these beings are taking me away from my house, Right? And she asked the men in black, what would happen if something happened to my baby, me, or my elderly grandfather, and these beings had me on a craft somewhere, and they need me? What would happen? The, all three of my mother's questions are coming from a good mother's heart wanting to protect her child. And like I said, these scumbags, these men in black, they use that against her. This is how they operate. Any information they give you or get out of you, they will use it against you as a threat. And the men in black, and this is the only time the men in black admitted to extraterrestrials. And if you've heard other men in black stories, they're very vague. They don't say much. I believe you need to ask the right question. I think my mom, even being a 22-year-old country girl with a high school education, being a good mother, she asked the right question. You know, what What would happen if, like, my baby was, like, choking on something and these beings got me on a craft God knows where? How will I protect my kid? How will I help my grandfather? And this is the only time the men in black gave confirmation of extraterrestrials. They said they use small gray extraterrestrials that stay behind and they will watch. And if anything happened to your baby or your grandfather... They would have you back. And the men in black, I do it every time. They held out their fingers and their snap was so sinister. Almost like, look at, look at, we learned another human trick, like holding that pencil. It's the weird little tiny things. The, the, they look human. You wouldn't know. They looked human. I know a lot of people say, oh, they, they looked human. But just like any government military official, they're going to be clean shaved. They had hats on. They they looked human, but dude, they were so freaking weird. So were they, weird. Were the were the men in black the tall whites? Do you think? Do you think they, no. they were Oh, oh wow. Dude, Robert. Billy Toko. Oh, I ne- I've never even made this connection. I never even Elena hasn't brought this one up. The Kelly Tokor are known to be able to shape shift, but when they do, their eyes remain black. These men in black did not have the black eyes. So I think that's a process of elimination, but you brought up a good point. But I do think that these beings in some shape or form 
are working for whatever beings crash behind my house. And this was the cleanup crew. You know, uh, the Killy Toe Court, the Tall Whites, they have treaties with the men in black, which work for our military, privatized military complex. You know, it's a multi-layer structure system. And these Tall Whites, they're mercenaries. They just do what is best for them. Hence why my mother was also having encounters with Dracos, you know, which they really liked her. Oh, I wonder why. And then you had other beings. And later on, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead, but the Tall Whites, Draconians, Little Gray, Zeta Reticulis, they weren't the only beings my mother was in contact with. And I will get to that later. That, that comes in the days following this when she had Mufon come out the show sightings and unsolved mystery doing these regression therapies on her uh you know this stuff all came out this is back in 1991 I, I just I have to make that point um so anywho after the men in black answered that question they said do you have any other questions my mom said no I know everyone watching this oh my god I would have asked it was different back then. We didn't have anything to base this stuff off of. We were completely clueless. We didn't we didn't have that kind of knowledge. We were just normal people. And the men in black said, Okay, Beth, tomorrow multiple media outlets are gonna come here. UFO investigations, uh news agencies, newspapers, Hollywood, etc. And you will report this as a helicopter crash, or we will take your son away. My mother said, okay, I understand. You see what I mean? They used all my mother's information. All Every question she asked, you could tell it was coming from a heart of protecting her child. These scumbags will use everything they give you and everything they take from you against you. And I, oh, I wish they would try on me. And I just want to give a shout out to all the three-letter agencies. You know where to find me any day of the week. I'm ready because I'm looking for revenge. I am furious. And all the other women and people in this country that have suffered for the false sense of national security. For a national security, we don't have. These beings have already taken down Maelstrom Air Force Base, NORAS systems, 10 nuclear warheads in a row, like clockwork, all within 20 minutes. You, Our nuclear weapons are worthless! Uh, Robert, yeah. as you said before the show, all this fear-mongering, right? About nuclear war, World War Three division. Oh, yeah, September 21st. It's going to be a solar flash. We're all going to be here. Nothing's going to happen on September 20, uh, 24th or any other date that people have made predictions because in the end no one knows the exact date or time and no one that's how it rolls that's the laws of the universe because we're dealing with dimensional beings that can go outside of the rules of time so they do stuff whenever they want and it's unpredictable that's how they operate that's how greys operate and that's why we can't catch them and stop them from what they're doing they're sneaky little boogers they are a sneaky little guy but yeah, yeah all this fear mongering. They yeah, can paralyze this... people. Like while the other, while they're taking someone, they can paralyze the rest of the family. And there's yes. people are helpless over it. There's no way to. They're manipulating time. So yeah. how do you predict something like that? You can't, and that's why they keep getting away with it. It's so frustrating. And yeah. uh, even the Galactic Federation worlds, they know this. It drives them crazy. That's why they haven't stopped them yet. They can't because. 
how do you find someone through that fabric of time or perception of it? It's impossible. But um, yeah, all this fear mongering and stuff like that. The truth is there are beings out there that could shut everything down. If people were to set off nukes and stuff like that, they would take them down. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about. The only thing we need to worry about is freeing ourselves. Stop relying on external sources. Let's love one another. Come together as a community. Have each other's backs and just love one another. And that's how we make change. I think that's real well said. We need to like come together as a community and then reach out to the people in Ukraine and Russia and China and say, we're not going to love take one another anymore. We're not going to take any more false flags. We're not going to take any more psyops. We're not going to buy into your nuclear war bullshit. You, we're not going to suffer and our grandkids suffer and our kids suffer while all the elites go and hide in the bunkers while they just make earth living hell for everybody we're not going to take it and we need to all band together right now and start reaching out to your government officials reach out to people in other countries tell them that you feel this way if you really feel this way and you want to make a change we can do it it starts here it doesn't just start here it's everywhere every this is a, a, a collective among the the world everybody feels this way we don't want war you know right i mean like if you guys i don't know what do you think rob well, the problem is those that are in tune with the universe don't want war. Those that aren't very much do because it's a lot, a lot of big bucks. With that being said, I lived in Turkey for two years in 2013 to 2015. I lived right on the Black Sea in Turkey. In my backyard, I lived on the Black Sea. In my backyard was Crimea in 2014. Russia came over, invaded Crimea. And guess what? I was over in Turkey, and the world didn't care. That's why I'm going to leave at that. And I have great Russian friends. I have great Ukrainian friends. I have great Chinese friends as well. We all love each other and get along. And I'm sorry, I can't demonize any one group of people around the world. And my message to anyone from anywheres is, you know, governments have a lot in common with one another. And people have a lot in common with one another. Governments are not different from other governments. And people are not different from other people. The problem is the people and the governments are very different. Yeah. I agree. That's I totally, it. I agree. I totally agree. Um, do you want me to see if anybody has any questions? Is anybody? Yeah, sure. Pop them up. Does anybody yeah, have before any I continue the story, um, well, um, let me see here. Um, people are just saying uh, aliens understand the soul age. Most aliens don't reincarnate. So easy for human soul to be older than a thousand year lifespan. An older human soul they won't mess with. Um, yeah, it's true. Our, our souls, our consciousness, very, very old. Very old. All of us. I've traveled all around the world and been greeted all with love all around, but they tell us to fear these people. It's nuts. It's totally true. That's, I think that's what we're getting at here. Exactly. Great comment. Beautiful comment. And I lived in the Middle East, and huh, it was so nice to have two years unplugged from American propaganda, which I know that sounds weird to anyone that's American. I didn't realize it until I was taken away from it. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize. Whoa. From that point on, I never had cable television again. Let me tell you, <laughs> I learned quick. 
uh, lighting the dark remote viewing says, I fear Americans. <laughs> and then Nancy Malcolm has a question. I'll blame for you. What do you know about gin? Oh, Nancy, when I was overseas, I had a lot of students. I was a teacher. I was teaching uh, professors, uh, high-ranking people, a lot of university people. And um, every now and then, I would bring up the jinn. And let me tell you, uh, Muslim people and my students and the people I worked with, they don't even like to hear that word. Uh, Like, all right, we're here in America when someone says a demon – or a ghost people don't like skin curl and try to hide over there when you say that word they'll don't say it because they believe when you say gin it will call one there and they are they absolutely believe in them like 110 percent. but they believe in them so much that they're actually so afraid of them that they refuse to even say that word. And I made the mistake of saying it sometimes. And I saw all my students like trying to like squirm away and like, Oh no, don't like, it was crazy. I've never seen anyone have that reaction from me saying the word demon or angel or a ghost. Right. Uh, It was crazy to watch their reaction due to their belief. And um, these are earth elementals, ancient magical earth elementals. That's what the jinn are. And the jinn aren't an issue in the Muslim community. They respect them, but at the same time, they're not trying to cuddle up next to them, and they leave them alone, and the jinn leaves them alone. And this is their philosophy. And I don't, I don't blame them after learning some of the things I, I learned. So, <laughs> do you think that, that this is my question? Before we move on to the next question, do you think the aliens and demons are in some way related, or because you, you know there's a lot of theories on that? A lot of my guests, myself included, the best way as a pastor. The word demon and angel throughout history has been to describe two kinds of things. One, something negative that's paranormal that people don't understand. And something positive, paranormal that people don't understand. Calling either or an angel or a demon It's just a term of ignorance, of not understanding exactly who or what that being, dimensional being, crypto being, earth, ancient elemental being. We have a tendency to think with that knowledge of the apple, good and evil for everything without having a true understanding of it. I urge everyone that's listening to this. Don't be so quick to call something good, and don't be so quick to call something evil. Try to understand what it is and call it for what it is. And these things that have been called angels and these things that have been called demons, oh yeah, they absolutely exist, but that's not what they are. That's just a human being simpleton version of trying to understand something we don't understand. And I'll leave it at that. I think it's Boobster asked, she says, can you ask him if he thinks NDEs and abductions are related? I'll, I'll just give you my opinion real quick. I did a show with Cheryl Gottschall from UFO Queensland, and there have been many cases where people had NDEs and they saw extraterrestrials. You can go back in my videos and watch that interview. There, she had like a handful of cases, but there were some. There were definitely NDEs 
and I think it's all in the astral realm where these things happen. Like maybe some abductions are physical, but I think a lot of them happen in the astral realm. So that's where the NDE would happen too, in a, in a more astral realm. What do you think, Rob? I concur. Just a few weeks ago, I had an NDE experiencer, never had extraterrestrial UFO experience, but she died when she was young from a surgery that went bad. And her experience matched exactly my other extraterrestrial experiencers who have had astral projection and out-of-body experiences and her experience without extraterrestrials without ufos just a plain near-death experience matched perfectly with a lot of the extraterrestrial because these things are happening on higher frequencies higher vibrational spectrums and anytime we go from this density to a higher we're going to have the same kind of effects and the friction of vibration and two densities rubbing against each other that creates light that's what light is so it's no yeah. coincidence that all these people are seeing light because it's the frequency change this is what i've came across just like you robert from talking to people because i haven't had a near-death experience thank god but from listening <laughs> to others we put these things together. That's what we do. We're here to collect the breadcrumbs and give all of you a nice, delicious sandwich. You're yeah, welcome. That's well said. Um, we'll take one more question because I have to do another show, but I'd love to do a part two. Or do you still have more of your show story to tell? Or can we do a part two? Yeah. Oh, I, oh yeah. There's a whole, whole lot more. That was just, I essentially just told you the night of. What happened after the next two days, all the media outlets, the regression therapy, my mother in contact with Nordics, blue extraterrestrials, the Arcturians, the cover-up, uh, all the wild other stuff going on in my own experiences once I got older. But we'll definitely do a part two, and I definitely want to have you on the channel. I got to get a hold of you and... Uh, maybe, you know, I just, I want to hear your story. I want you to be on my, I want to hear you. I want you to, I talk too much this, this one. No, it's all right. I, That's wanna, what, I, I wanted to have you on to share your experience. I love your, your, you have your, I love your passion for this, man. I can tell you have it. Like, you're like me, you have the, you, you're, you're, you're great with this stuff. Like, yeah, I do want to show you, I want to show you something that's really unique. Not everyone gets to see, but for all of your viewers that are there, when, when I say the amount of evidence I have, this is my evidence board. All the articles, everything oh in there. God. All reports. I, I have this made because I thought someday I would probably be doing conferences, but of course no one wants to hear actual evidence and information of anything. I have military transcripts, phone calls, word-for-word conversations. It's so big. It's so big. I can't. I have one report. Check this out. I got one report coming from uh, the 1860s of the same area. I have to get it just right. The same area. It's kind of hard to see, but it's there. 1860s of the same blue light flying around in the same area. 1860 before aircraft or anything like that. You know, I've done um, substantial amount. I've uh, worked with uh, George A. Filer, uh, the East Coast Director of MUFON and the National UFO Center. He's a retired Air Force Major of Intelligence. He was involved with the extraterrestrial that was shot and killed on a 
McGuire Air Force Base and Fort Dix Army Base as a joint base back in the 70s. He was involved with debriefing, and I've talked to others that were involved with that as well. And uh, trust me, it happened. I'm good friends with George. And he actually had an encounter with Palladians on a playground when he was a little kid, and he personally chased UFOs over the UK for the United States Air Force. Um, and he was the one in charge of debriefing, and he saw Wright Patterson come out there with their cleanup crew. And he also mentioned the reason why he helped me. He said, when you talked about the tree removal service, he said when that act, George told me privately, when that extraterrestrial was removed, they chopped down a bunch of trees in the area. That's That small, dumb little detail is exactly why he knew my story is not BS. And this is a retired Air Force major of intelligence and pilot. All right. Uh, amazing That's stuff. Amazing. He shared my story. And he also told me in the same area, a pastor, an ordained pastor, saw the same kind of craft interacting back around the same time, interacting with the power lines coming from the nuclear plant. They're getting their energy from some of these uh, power lines. They're charging up. They love those gamma rays. Lightning, volcanoes, and nuclear plants. Give me gammas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rob, <laughs> I, 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 I was going through the comments. One more question. Someone wanted to, or, uh, no, SOSQHT, Amaya, she's a good friend of my channel and should probably be a subscriber to your channel now. She's a moderator for my channel, actually. She's awesome. She did a regression on me, and I haven't put it up because it's kind of personal, but it's a real interesting past life regression. I'm going to have to post it. And guys, check out her channel, SOSQHC. But she had a question. She wanted to ask about the um, underground human experiments in Antarctica. Do you know anything about that? Antarctica is a very ancient place. Soon here, the public will be finding out about these ancient structures, blah, 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 blah. It's also, for a long time, it's been a major spaceport where a lot of on-world, off-world trading goes on. There, there has been a lot of labs testing radiation things and different uh, experiments. I can't get, it's YouTube, I don't want your channel to get taken down. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on there, and you're on the right path. And unfortunately, I wish Antarctica was the only place, but you would be surprised what's in your own back door. So... Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's, it. That's what what that researcher Stan Gordon I had on from Pennsylvania. He he tells me about all kinds of stuff that goes on in Pennsylvania. He you know he was he's old school. A lot of dumbs. A lot of dumbs. Yeah, he researched that. Um, he researched that Kecksburg incident. But one thing he told me that was interesting, and I know I have to do another show, but this is so interesting. I don't want to go just yet. I want to run your thoughts by something. He told me that back in 1973, people had an experience where. They witnessed a Bigfoot and a UFO here in Pennsylvania. And when they shot at the Bigfoot, it disappeared. And then also he told me another story where a woman heard something going through pop cans on her back porch. She goes outside. These are just abbreviated versions of these stories. But um, she shoots at the Bigfoot and it disappears. Do you think yeah. this means we're in some kind of matrix? Or, or do you think that was government? No, government? no. no. Um, the Bigfoots, if you look up Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, always a correlation. Bigfoots are interdimensional beings, and they guard certain vortexes and portals on this planet. They are interdimensional. That's why they're there, and then they're not there. Yeah, you may catch a glimpse of one, but the, the reason you don't find them later because they're not always there. Their job is to keep 
dumb human beings, you and I, from going to these sites and frying ourselves with radiation that we don't need. It's for good reason. It's to stay away. And if also, if you take Bigfoot maps, all right, you take UFO sightings and you take underground bases, you will also see another trend on an overlay map. They all line up the missing 411 map with Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, which I saw the new missing 411. I have friends that was on that show, uh, Jana Maccabee, uh, Bruce Maccabee's wife, great person. Shout out to Bruce Maccabee, but um, all that good stuff. But yeah, all these maps, they overlay. And these sites are all these different phenomena, portal phenomena and other strange anomalies. I believe that Bigfoot, uh, they're dimensional uh, uh, portal keepers, gatekeepers, whatever, if you will. Yeah. And the, the last question I had up was uh, Sa- Sasha Gomez. I didn't want to go over her question. I, I wanted to make sure we addressed it. It was something that she said she was a kid and she had a light being go into her room and she just went and then she thought that it tried to kidnap her and she wanted to know your thoughts on that. Like are the light beings, uh, energy beings real too? And what were your thoughts on them? That's a long story back in uh, 2012, April 21st. Ironically, I didn't know that that was the anniversary of my UFO crash, April 21st, 1991, 21-year anniversary. I was in my living room playing with my cat, apartment in uh, Delaware, windows all blacked out. I was bent over playing with my cat, and I looked up, and there was about a two-foot sphere, blue uh, light being. I was broad awake playing with my cat. It was there. The best way I can describe it, I've never seen anything like it since or after. It seemed like electric spaghetti water. Like, it seemed alive. Electric spaghetti water. I don't know what to call it. I've never seen anything like it. I can't even explain it. But uh, it was only there for four Mississippi, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. It sucked itself into itself. And when it did that, when it flashed, it was a very flat light. It wasn't circular light. It was like a very thin flash of light. And um, it really sparked a lot in me. And that's when I started to uh, really get in tune with things back in 2012. So when it comes to light beings, uh, for the most part, these are... um, challenging experiences because we don't understand what we're seeing but from my experience after looking back at this for over 10 years and plus i've realized that that being was trying to help me but it all depends on the light being that visits you not all are the same so but i completely uh, light beings do exist and my native ancestors on my father's side all the native people on that side of my family, they've seen the same great spirit, we call it, the same light being. It's something that kind of follows our tribe around. Uh, that That's it. So they're real, they exist, and I hope that gives you some clarity. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's that's all, that's all the questions. I don't want to keep asking you questions all night, you know, because I don't I – I, oh, okay. I love it. I love it. It's this, all you. I, I know you got a show, but no, man. I, I do have you. another – I do have another show to do. Yeah, but I'd love to have you back on, man. This was awesome. And I know you're going to post it on your channel as well. Like, that, you know, like, that. I, go for it. I, more, the more sharing, sharing is caring. You know? It is. We got to work together because the AI is going after us, bro. Oh, boy. So we, we got we to team up. And I, if I the algorithms don't want us to get, help people get their stories out there, 
well, then we just got to take things into our own hands. And that's why we're working with this amazing community that we are the disclosure committee. What, what, that, that's not my thing. I know Elena and I, we, we created that term and all that, but it, it's, it's not Elena and I. It's all of us. That's what we are the disclosure is. It's not I am the disclosure. It's not Elena or Dr. Michael Sala or Alex Collier. It's disclosure. It's not that. It's we. We all, we all have a piece of the puzzle coming forward, sharing our experiences. This is how we understand the larger picture. We are the disclosure. It's all of us, including you, Robert. And you're one of the OGs, you know, the tale of two Roberts. That's why I'm going to name this one when I put it up. And I, I still want to have you on the show where, like, I was yapping this whole time. I want to I hear your experiences. I want to hear your knowledge and I want you to come on my show sometime and talk more, have a special episode of We Are the Disclosure where it's about you. I'm going to be posting this up on my page as well, but I want to have something where it's just you, your story, your knowledge, what you've learned from speaking to thousands of people. Um, I believe that's honestly the best way to gain knowledge. And when people say, oh, you want to know how much I know? How many people have you talked to? That's my first question. How many people have you actually talked to? Yeah, uh, you've talked to a lot. <laughs> Thank you. It, it gets a little, um, it gets a little confusing because I have so much information coming in from this way, and then I have information coming this way. I, I, I'll tell you who's sharp. This is all these people watching this, and you know that they're these people are will blow your mind with some of the stuff they come up with. Like they are these. The, I always say my subscribers are the sharpest people, and and the I mean like. And there, a lot of my subscribers are your subscribers, and they're Elena's subscribers. I mean, they're and they're I consider them friends. They're like they're I consider yeah. them, they're all friends. They all talk to me off off out off this. You know, like a lot of them have my email, and some of them even have my phone number, and I trust them. And they, yeah. I I love them all. They're all awesome Look, people, man. Mo like, most man. my guests started off in on the show. A lot of the people I have never shared before. They're just everyday normal people that were in the chat providing amazing information, really calling it like they see it. Our, our subscribers are some of the best people to interview because they've had experiences too. And those are the golden stories. I hate sometimes when uh, someone in disclosure will be making their rounds. I hate doing it. I like to have those fresh takes. Like I know I won't get as many views because it's not this big old person, but I just love having those fresh stories. And the best place to look for those are the people that are supporting our channels, showing us love, participating, listening to all our guests. They know just as much as we do, if not more. So they make for the perfect guests. And I much love to all of your subscribers and mine. Uh, we love you and we really have the best communities. And if it wasn't for you, uh, Robert and myself, we would not be doing this. That's for sure. I concur. I, I really do. And uh and thank you so much for doing this, man. You're you're awesome. You really are. I love talking to you. You're awesome, Robert. <laughs> well, I, I've, been, I've been following you for almost three years. It's been a while, man. Wow. I didn't know that. That's that's so cool. That's so cool to know. You know, like I've been following you for a while too. Like and we, we just got together now. That's so interesting, right? It's how life well, is like when uh, Elena reached me about my documentary, her stuff wasn't out yet. It wasn't, she wasn't doing the alien thing. She saw my documentary, said, oh, I went through what your mother went through, and we became friends. 
And she's like, oh, I'm doing an a interview on Robert's channel. Check it out. I was like, oh, cool. And I watched it. That, that's the one I found your channel. Dude. That was like years ago. And like you were one of the first people to interview Elena and all that. And then right around that same time, uh, Elena was in part three of my UFO crash documentary, going over more of what my mom went through with the hybrid programs and the different beings. Uh, some of it was very sensitive, talking about women problems and very sensitive, triggering things. So it couldn't come for me. I had Elena come on and she did an awesome thing. But yeah, man, we, we go way back and I don't know why it's taken so long, but I've always had your back and watched everything and vice versa. I don't, I don't know, man, universe, but now's the time. So I'm glad to start making it happen. I'm sure you'll see a lot more of us both together, working, collaborating and, uh, doing uh you know maybe i'll have some of his guests he'll have some of mine keep going back and forth and the more exposure the better because we're all in this together we are the disclosure well typical said. skeptic hey Thanks, hit that like button everyone right now if you don't hit that like button i'm gonna crawl through this screen and rip your face off you smash that <laughs> like button Right that now, was like a, that was like an old school wrestling reference. That was like an old school wrestling reference, right? <laughs> that, that that's my Rico Reptilian. Oh, I'm Rico Reptilian. It's the Ultimate Warrior mixed with Rowdy Piper. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, that's they hilarious. Live. They live. All right, bro. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right, goodbye, yes. everybody. Have a good night. Yes. Yeah, see you all later. That was amazing, man.